December 9th, 2020, Wednesday of the second week of Advent. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to the crowds, Come to me, all you who labor and are burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am meek and humble of heart, and you will find rest for yourselves. For my yoke is easy, and my burden light. The Gospel of the Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. By what Christ had said before this, namely that all things had been handed over to him by his Father, and that no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son wishes to reveal him. He brought his disciples to have a desire for him, showing them his unspeakable excellence. And now he invites them to himself, saying, Come to me, all you who labor and are burdened. On what account do we all thus labor, but that we are mortal men, bearing vessels of clay which cause us much difficulty? But if the vessels of flesh are narrowed, the regions of love will be enlarged. To what end, then, does he say, Come to me, all you who labor, but that you should not labor? He calls to himself those that were laboring under the hardships of the law, and those who are burdened, with the sins of this world. That the burden of sin is heavy, the prophet Zechariah bears witness in Zechariah 5, saying that wickedness sits upon a talent of lead. And the psalmist fills it up in Psalm 38, saying, My iniquities overwhelm me, a burden too heavy for me. For a cruel yoke and hard weight of servitude it is to be subject to the things of time, to be ambitious of the things of earth, to cling to falling things, to seek to stand in things that stand not, to desire things that pass away, but to be unwilling to pass away with them. For while all things fly away against our wish, those things which had first harassed the mind with the desire of gaining them, now oppress it with the fear of losing them. He did not say, Come this man and that man, but come all whosoever are in trouble, in sorrow or in sin, not that I may punish you, but that I may forgive your sins. Come, not that I have need of your glory, but that I seek your salvation. And so it says, And I will give you rest, not I will save you only, but what is much greater, I will give you rest. That is, I will set you in all tranquility. I will not only take from you your burden, but will satisfy you with rest. Come, he says, not with the feet, but with the life, not in the body, but in faith. For it is a spiritual approach by which any man approaches God, and therefore it follows, take my yoke upon you. The yoke of Christ is Christ's gospel,
which joins and yokes together Jews and Gentiles in the unity of the faith. This we are commanded to take upon us, that is, to have in honor, lest perchance seating it beneath us, that is, wrongly despising it, we should trample upon it with the muddy feet of unholiness. And so he adds, Learn from me, not to create a world or to do miracles in that world, but that I am meek and humble of heart. Would you be great? Begin with the least. Would you build up a mighty fabric of greatness? First, think of the foundation of humility. For the mightier a building anyone seeks to raise, the deeper let him dig for his foundation. Where is the summit of our building to rise? To the sight of God. We must learn, then, from our Savior, to be meek in temper and humble in mind. Let us hurt no one, let us despise no one, and the virtues which we have shown indeed, let us retain in our heart. And therefore, in beginning the divine law, he begins with humility and sets before us a great reward, saying, You will find rest for yourselves. This is the highest reward. You shall not only be made useful to others, but shall make yourself to have peace. And he gives you the promise of it before it comes. But when it has come, you shall rejoice in perpetual rest. And that they might not be afraid because he had spoken of a burden, he therefore adds, For my yoke is easy and my burden light. He holds forth the incentives of an easy yoke and a light burden, that to those who believe he may afford the knowledge of that good which he alone knows in the Father. What burden is it to put upon the neck of our mind that he bids us shun all desire that disturbs and turn from the toilsome paths of this world? And what is more pleasant than that yoke, what lighter than that burden, to be made better, to abstain from wickedness, to choose the good and refuse the evil, to love all men, to hate none, to gain eternal things, not to be taken with things present, to be unwilling to do to another which you yourself would be pained to suffer. But how is Christ's yoke easy, seeing, as it was said before in Matthew 7, how narrow the gate and constricted the road that leads to life? That which is entered upon by a narrow gate is, in the process of time, made broad by the unspeakable sweetness of love. Often, they who, with unfearing neck, have submitted to the yoke of the Lord, endure such hardships and dangers that they seem to be called not from labor to rest, but from rest to labor. But the Holy Spirit was there, who, as the outward man decayed, renewed the inward man day by day, and giving a foretaste of spiritual rest in the rich pleasures of God, in the hope of blessedness to come smoothed all that seemed rough, lightened all that was heavy. Men suffer amputations and burnings at the hands of a doctor, that at the price of sharper pain they might be delivered from torments less painful but more lasting, such as boils or swelling. What storms and dangers will not merchants undergo that they might acquire perishing riches? Even those who do not love riches endure the same hardships, but those that love them endure the same, but to them they are not hardships, 
for love makes right easy, and makes all things, however dreadful and monstrous, almost nothing. How much more easily, then, does love do that for true happiness, which avarice does for misery as far as it can? And how is the gospel lighter than the law, seeing that in the law murder and adultery, but under the gospel anger and lust also, are punished? Because by the law many things are commanded which the Apostle Paul fully teaches as cannot be fulfilled. By the law works are required. By the gospel the will is sought for, which, even if it goes not into act, still does not lose its reward. The gospel commands what we can do, such as that we do not lust. This is in our own power. The law punishes not the will, but the act, such as adultery. Suppose a virgin to have been violated in time of persecution, as here the will was not violated. She is held to be a virgin under the gospel. Under the law, she is cast out as defiled. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.